to the Immigrant Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we share stories of immigrant entrepreneurs who have done what other immigrant entrepreneurs are doing, and they share their stories to inspire, influence, and impact other people. My guest today is Rachel Baboganov. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hello, Ali. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much for being here. Did I say, did I say your uh, last name right, Baboganov? Perfect. Babaganov, yeah. Like Babaganov. Perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. So, Rachel, I know a little bit about you. Um, we, we will get there how we meet, how we met, and how we know, where we know each other from. But give us or give our listeners and viewers, give a quick introduction of um, where you are from, what you do, and where you are actually in this world right now. Okay, sounds good. So I was born and raised in Calgary, so the west part of Canada. Um, and right now I'm actually living in Germany, in Sandhofen, so the most southern part of Germany in a little village um, close to the Alps. It's very beautiful. Um, and yeah, I'm currently a Wim Hof instructor and a women's empowerment facilitator. That's amazing. That sounds very exciting. Obviously, <laughs> me... <laughs> me know uh, me, me knowing who or what a Wim Hof instructor is. That's we will get into that in a second. So um, you were you were born in Calgary, Canada. Is that also where your parents are from, or um, or not? No, my parents actually. It's a long journey of immigration, but they were both born and raised in Uzbekistan and Tashkent. And then after traveling through to Germany and Israel, they finally settled in Calgary. It was like totally random, like the luck of the draw. And that's where they ended up. That's amazing. So for, for those who don't know where Uzbekistan is, would you give us an idea of where that is? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know when I tell them like, oh, where is that place? It's, it's close to, yeah, it's close to all the stands, basically Kyrgyzstan, um, Tajikistan, so South South. East Asia, basically. Right. Is that is that was that also included in the in the um, Soviet Union before? Yeah, USSR, exactly. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay, let's go back. Let's go back to your journey. So you said you're living in Germany. What made you? What? How? How did that life happen that you moved from Calgary to to some small town in Germany? Yeah, a lot of trust, um, a lot of luck. So basically, I was actually a nurse working in Calgary. Um, and after a few years of working as a nurse, I decided that I wanted to take a break and do something different. So I took a year leave and I went to India to just travel and actually dive deep into yoga and meditation. And I basically never went back. I mean, I went back to visit my family and friends. But from there, I lived in Asia for a while. So I lived in Japan and Vietnam. Um, and yeah, I was always very, very passionate about health and helping people. And so I ended up deciding to do a master's in public health. Um, and I applied to many different universities and Germany, they offered me a scholarship. And so I was like, okay, to Germany I go. I had no idea where I was actually going. Um, I had like a choice between Heidelberg and Hamburg. And a friend of mine who's German said, like, Hamburg is a really cool city. It's really alive. It's really vibrant. Um, and so I went to Hamburg. I spent two years there doing my master's. And that's where I met 
my husband now, Michael, who's also a Wim Hof instructor, which is a funny story. Um, and yeah, basically we decided after a while of being together and living together that we wanted to go back to the mountains. So that's why we decided to move to this little beautiful village in the mountains in Germany. Wow, that's amazing. So um, before we get before we get into what you guys do today, how did it happen that you decided to become a Wim Hof instructor? How did you, and you know, I believe or I assume that this happened before the, the ice bath and the cold plunge was what it is today. Today, yeah. if you pull up social media, you see pretty much everyone doing the cold plunge and the ice bath and it's cool. And it's, it's you know, it's, um, it's what people do these days. But back then, I mean, even, even two, three years ago, when I started, there was when I would tell people, even back in Europe, people were like, are you, you know, have you lost your mind? Why would you do that? So now people know all about it. And, you know, they, so many people do it. But tell me about it, how you discovered the cold. Wow. Yeah. To be honest with you, like growing up in Calgary, it's a cold place. The winters are freezing. Um, and so I had a lot of exposure growing up because I really liked hiking and so I always ended up like dabbling with the cold a little bit, but to, I never knew about the Wim Hof method. Um, and as I was finishing my master's thesis, which was focusing on mental health specifically, um, I met Michael, my husband, and he was already a Wim Hof instructor putting on workshops. And the first time we met, he asked me about my thesis and I was telling him, you know, like, yeah, I'm really interested in helping people especially with mental health. And he said, well, have you heard of the Wim Hof method? And I was like, nope, I've not. So we did a breathing session and then he invited me into the cellar of his house basement where he had a giant chest freezer. And I took my first official ice bath. <laughs> and yeah, for me, it was like very obvious and very clear afterwards that this was something that was very effective. Um, I got out of the ice bath and I felt immediately connected to myself my body was alive and I just thought like okay this is amazing what is this so I started going to more workshops I started learning more about the effects of the breath the effects of the cold the mindset and yeah it was basically through my own practice and through attending many many workshops that I thought like this is definitely the path that I want to go I love that I love that and you know when i'm when i'm listening to you it sounds like you know i moved to germany and then i met my husband husband and then we started doing cold plunge and then we started doing that everything sounds like very linear and easy and smooth it wasn't okay okay it wasn't okay so for our listeners and also for myself i would love to hear what was it like when you decided that or when you when you told yourself okay i'm going to move to germany because being being an immigrant entrepreneur myself, I know, or let's say only an immigrant, I know with how much uncertainty such a step comes and how much you're going to unknown places. Now, in your case, I, I don't know, but I, I assume you would not even speak the language. You had to you had to um, you had to learn German. And obviously being being a native uh, Canadian gives you lots of lots of advantages in terms of okay you already speak English so yeah. but what let's let's go step by step what was it like when you decided okay now I'm going to Germany what did it feel like and what was it like when you got there what was maybe 
what was some what were some of the challenges that you faced going into a place that you know was completely new to you i really appreciate the question because Man, Ali, there was so many challenges along the way. Don't get me wrong, it was really like also very fun. But actually, when I first moved to Germany, I had just ended a long-term relationship. So I moved to a new country. I had no connections and I was going through a breakup alone. So for me, it was actually a very, very dark period in my life. Um, and it was very challenging to step into a master's program first of all i was the first person in my family to, to get any kind of secondary education so it was already like wow i'm doing this thing which no one in my family has done so there wasn't much support in terms of like how you do a master's or what that even means um, and i was lucky to have a few friends to guide me but it was a very challenging time and i think like i just really trusted myself i trusted that the program was good and yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, the program was in English and that was one of the best things mm. because it was it was a little bit easier to make friends. It was an international program. So I met a lot of people from all over the world and that was super helpful in one aspect. But in the other aspect, I didn't learn the language. So like moving forward, that was also challenging because now I live in Germany. I need the language and it's been a long journey to learn the language. And German is not an easy language, I tell you that. <laughs> It's not. It's no. not. I can. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm that it is not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what was it like, you know, when, when you got there? Was it like, as you say, and I completely believe having experienced it myself, when we come to a moment that we seek change, mm. we, you know, it's, it's most of the time, I'm not saying always, but most of the time, it is that we somehow hit rock bottom, you know, mm -hmm. is it emotionally, is it financially, is it career? I don't know what it is, but in mm -hmm. often, in most times it is, it is the, the moment that we hit rock bottom and we're like, Hey, I'm not going to take this any longer. I'm not willing to accept that any longer. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to change my future. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and then this this is usually the turning point i'm not saying it's easy but this is the turning point that you go you change direction as you said no one in your family had ever done something like this before now you said okay i'm doing it there was no support now you're doing it okay was there for you a moment or let, let me ask let, let's let me rephrase was there something that kept the fire in you that you said, hey, I don't care no matter how hard this is going to get. I'm going to push through this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think actually having immigrant parents, for me, that was like a really big guiding factor because I grew up seeing my parents and they had they succeeded from nothing. My My parents both came to Canada with no English skills. Um, my dad came to Canada when he was like 19 to marry my mom and he came with no money, no experience. He just had like a really big drive to make it work. And so I grew up seeing my dad and my mom try many different things and they, yeah, it was actually, it's, it's quite inspiring because I feel like for a lot of people, failure is not something that's 
so accepted. But in my family, it was like normal. You know, you try something, it doesn't work. You try something else. And that was really cool to see growing up that my dad and my mom both just like fully went into what they were doing and would try. And in the end, you know, my dad started working at KFC in Canada with no English skills. And then he succeeded. He became a very successful businessman flipping houses. And he did that with no skills of English. And I think it was like a deep drive in him that he really wanted to succeed in life. And I think growing up with that, it gave me like a strong will and determination that, you know, even if things get hard, you can get through it. And I also think because I'm a woman from my culture, it wasn't so common that women do these things. You know, usually the woman is the wife and she's at home and she's cooking and stuff like that. But I was always, there was a fire that was really big in me. And I really wanted to also break away from that and also make, you know, become my own person. And so I think that was for me when I moved to Germany, a big factor. Like I, I think my dad's story really lived in me and I saw like, okay, I know this is hard now, but I also recognize that this will help me grow and that like I can do it, you know, even through the hardship, I knew that there was something deeper driving me. I think it was, it's a, it's a deep trust, a deep trust in life, mm. a deep trust in myself and yeah, allowing failure and allowing rock bottom. I mean, the amount of times that I felt like, oh my God, this is not working, but I never let that break me. You know, I just like, was like, okay, this is a part of the process. Wow. I love that. I love that. This is what I have been, I have been going through so many times that I can relate to this so much. So was there, were there people in your life other than your dad, who is obviously your, I would, I would say the way I, I, I understand or I hear you describing, I would say he was kind of a role model for you who Thank had you. done, who had done something that you were about to do and you had someone to look up to. And yeah, so um, was there, were there other people other than your dad that you were looking up to or seeking guidance from or mentorship, whatever we call it, support that helped you in a different country, in a new environment to help you get through that challenge and, and situation? Yeah. Yeah. I think I couldn't have done it without the support of people. So as I mentioned, I had just gone through a breakup and it was actually this partner of mine who he also really helped me figure out how to get into a master's program. And to be honest, not having those skills myself, I was very grateful to have guidance. Okay. How do you apply to a master's program? How do you apply for a scholarship? Like, you know, if you don't know, it's so important that someone guides you. And when I arrived to Germany, I was very, very lucky that the the coordinator of the program, she's an amazing woman. She's older and I think she, you know, she really has a beautiful way of connecting with the people who come in the program and it's a really a mission for her. And she really took me under her wing. And not only was she like the coordinator, but we became really good friends. And I would go to her house crying sometimes like oh my god I don't know what I'm doing but she she really like took me under her wing she she showed me like okay you know this is how things in Germany work we also traveled together we flew to India together so we really connected on a different level and for me that was super helpful because I also in my mind had an idea that 
when you go into a master's program, you know, there's like so much formality, but she, she broke that from the beginning and she created a very informal connection between us, which I think it really helped me get through the master's program. Mm, that's awesome. So she was not, not just someone who was supporting you with how things are done, but she was also involved in helping you as a, as a, some sorts of professional to get you through the program that you were doing there. Okay. Yeah, that's be- amazing. That's awesome. So what, what were, because when I moved to a new place, some things I expect in your, or at least in my life, some things that I know with, with, you know, with internet these days, we, we can research a lot, but when I really get there and get to live there and get to feel and talk to people and experience the life, things are a little different. That's what I expected, you know? So what was it in this case, things that surprised you in one way or, or another? that you expected them to be different than when you got actually to live in Germany, things were different. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I mean, I never in my life thought I would be living in Germany. It's like not at all. It was 0% on my radar. And also when I finished the master's program, I had no intention of staying. So for me, when I first arrived, there were so many things which I just like, I had no idea how the country worked. For example, like, in order to live in Germany, you need to have many things in order. Like you need to have a bank account set up. You need, But in order to have a bank account, you need to have registered your place. And you know, you also need to get special resident cards. And all of this was like completely new for me. And when you're in a new country and you cannot speak the language, yeah, it was, it was quite challenging navigating that. But at the same time, I really loved the challenge. I think like I, I really, enjoy things which make me yeah which challenge me and it was a good challenge i felt like Mm -hmm. okay i can handle this although sometimes it was a little bit not perfect and maybe a little bit dirty in how it happened (laughs) it Mm -hmm. it ended up fine and i think also for me like i was very lucky to be in a program because it allowed me to immediately connect with people but after the program i also felt living in Germany, it was actually quite hard to create community because yeah, German people are amazing, but it, it takes time to get in and for there to be a trust that's, uh, that's established, which is a little bit different than in Canada, which is like, you know, in Canada, people are very friendly off the bat, but then you don't really know, like, are we really going to hang out? So this was very new for me that like, I would meet a person many, many times, but until we really became friends, it took some time. And that was like a big cultural difference. Um, yeah, so there were many, many obstacles in the way, but I managed with a lot of support, a lot of phone calls back home where I would be like, you know, calling my, (laughs) calling friends and family, like, oh my God, what am I doing? I have no idea, but just breathing through it. Mm, That's amazing. So is it fair to say in Europe or in Germany specifically, it's, it takes a bit longer that to to make connection with people, but when you make those connections, they go way deeper than maybe in North America. Absolutely, yeah, mm. it was for me so surprising. I mean, I now have a like a, a group of friends here, and honestly, I feel like th- I know they have my back, and mm. I know all them they're there, and that's beautiful. It just took way longer to create those those connections. Would you also say, because when I'm listening to you, 
it sounds like you you were going through chaos during <laughs> some time. You had no idea what's happening. Okay, it's chaos, but I'm gonna survive. I'm not gonna die. I'm gonna, you know, I will make through this chaos. Chaos. Is it is it true? And if yes, you know, what was what was the anchoring point? Because we we all have some sorts of anchoring points that mm. is gonna take us through the through the chaos in our lives. Um, was it kind of a chaos? It was absolutely a chaos. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> especially near the end, you know, like in the beginning, okay, as the master program was ending, COVID hit, and I had nowhere to live. And I was trying to find places to live. So I was like, jumping from place to place, like, honestly, every month living in a new place that never had happened to me before. And that was just like, it felt like my life was so chaotic and unstable. Like, you don't have a place to live. You don't really know the country so well. It was very challenging. And yeah, there were many things which kept me through. Like, to be honest with you, I at the time was running a lot. <laughs> like, I was running every day because it just helped mm -hmm. ground me and it helped me feel connected to my body and to myself. Um, and during the hardest time, I actually met my husband, Michael. And he was like, he honestly was a huge anchor for me because he mm -hmm. just, he kind of took me under his wing and was like, you know, like I can help you with these things, you know, I'm also German. And in the beginning, I felt a little bit like, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. But looking back now, I'm so grateful because it really allowed me to then feel I know someone here who really knows how things work. And that also was just like a huge relief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And <laughs> yeah, often, oftentimes is during that chaos that we also, you know, we might give up. We tell ourselves, hey, why am I doing the, this whole thing? <laughs> totally. Let, let it go. You know, let's go back to, to what, I, what I was doing before. Was it for you like that? Or was it always me or only me having this voice in my head that, dude, you're, you have lost your mind. Let's go back and do what you did before. Live where you used to live before. No, I, I totally resonate with that it happened so many times and yeah, I would just be like, what am I doing here? Like, this is so hard. I mean, it's so hard, right? Like when you growing up in Canada, I was so fortunate. Like I, I have a huge community, a huge network. I had a really good job working as a nurse. Like my life was very structured. Actually, it was very stable and I could always just like reach out to people and yeah, like you're saying when you're in chaos and also there's like really limited support in the beginning, it's like everything at once. You're just like mm -hmm. swimming in a pool like, oh, my God, I I'm drowning. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think in those moments, I thought many times, like, does this make sense? You know, does it really make sense? And looking back, I'm so grateful that I trusted myself mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful that I also reached out and called people, you know, and, and found different ways of getting support because yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to really trust yourself when everything is crumbling mm. and you know, you've had like a different experience in your life where things are stable and working. Um, but again, it was like the trust that, okay, this is, there's something that will come of this and I just mm. have to trust and also allow 
allow the the struggle, allow the chaos. I think I'm also very lucky because I grew up in a family where I think because they were immigrants, the chaos was also accepted a little bit more. Mm. <laughs> so I think as a kid growing up, I was also very used to the chaos, you know? It wasn't always very structured. And so mm. I think in me, I already had this like, okay, the chaos is there. I know it will pass. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's actually something I, I discuss with my wife often. You know, we travel a lot and we we immigrate from here to there. And now we're in the US. We're going back to, to, to Europe sometime for for some time soon. And then I'm like, so we have a ba we have a son. He's two and a half. And I'm like, is that good for him? Or is that maybe not so good for him? But when we discuss it and when we when we reflect on it, I do completely believe that's great for him, you know, because it's going to open his vision and it's going to also teach him that, hey, in life, not everything is linear. Not, there, is no, there is no such a straight, um, straight uh, uh, line to, to path to the goal, right? You go left and right, you fall, you get up and, 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 and move forward. So, um, okay, so that's amazing. And what I, what I would love to hear now, hey, how did the whole thing happen with you being a nurse, moving to Germany, um, having having done your um, your university, now you're like, hey, I'm I'm gonna go and try a new thing, and then becoming who you are today. So let's let's talk about that. Woo, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, I think I just want to say about what you were saying before because I really loved it, um, and I really really think that there is something special to as a child having different experiences. And I just, I really appreciate that, especially with your son, I think it's amazing. Um, and yeah, going to me now, I think there was a thread because I was, you know, in the nursing field, it was a lot for me about wanting to really help people. And I felt as a nurse mm -hmm. that I couldn't actually do what it is I wanted to do. There was a lot of restrictions. And to be honest, I sometimes felt like my mind, my brain was shut off because I was like just doing the things I needed to do to get them done. And I felt like there's so much more. I want to do more. And for me, when the Wim Hof method came up as an idea, if I'm being completely honest, in the beginning, I told Michael, like, I'm not sure this is for me. Like, I've just... I don't know if I can lead seminar groups. I've never done that before. And mm. I also like didn't really fully have that confidence yet that like I can be a businesswoman. Like mm. it just really there. Um, and, you know, Michael said, just do the training, do the training and see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, at least you do it for yourself. And that was really a turning point for me. Like I signed up like, OK, let's just see what happens. And yeah to be honest with you it wasn't all easy because in the beginning when you start a business you know there was no money mm. i was living in a community house like how am i going to pay for anything because before i had a scholarship and then i transitioned into this so i actually ended up having two jobs on the side just so that i could pay for everything and make sure that there was some stability and that was really good in the beginning because i think otherwise it would have been really too much but um, the transition was slow. You know, I was first helping Michael with his retreats, assisting. 
um, doing my job on the side. And I think that there was just a moment where I realized like, I really love this and I want to just take the risk and see what happens if I just go fully in. And so I did. And that's where I am now, like just doing this full time. And still there's, you know, there's, it's so interesting because there's so much insecurity being self-employed. You never know if retreats are going to be full. You never know if you're going to have coaching clients. Like you really never know. And at the same time, I've never felt more alive, more connected to my, and more like I'm so in alignment with what I'm doing, even if there's this, yeah, like apprehension or uncertainty. Mm, I love that. And people feel it. People feel it, Rachel. You know, whoever your coach is, your your, uh, people that come to your retreats, people feel it. Because guess what? Uh, So... Full disclosure, I have been to your retreat. That's how we that's how we know each other. And you know, when you it's always it's energy, right? If you do something just to get just just to get the 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 the, the bills paid, people feel it. But if you do something passionately and you're there is so much conviction that you know you're doing the thing because it's why you why you were brought to this world and to this life. And to help others, as you say, and then you go full in. And even if there is uncertainty, which which always will be, then you keep pushing through through the hardship and challenges and lows and obstacles and everything. But for me, is also is also interesting to know in your case, was there with all the uncertainty and with all the unknown that still is, it's in regardless of how big or how small a business is, there is always uncertainty because you keep growing right and when you keep growing you keep going to unknown places and when you go to unknown places you oftentimes don't know what what to expect so but here's my question for you was there a moment other than being you know feeling the feeling that you feel now and you felt back then was there a moment that that you were also in business in business terms you were seeing okay i see I see some light in the tunnel and I see what I'm doing. There are people actually who are interested in what I'm doing and that, and they're willing to pay for it. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's so funny when you say that because it actually makes me think of the retreat that you came to. I think now it was like a little over a year or a year ago. That's and right. I still was very insecure at the time. Like, is what we're doing okay? Do people mm-hmm. like it? You know? And your group at the end was just like you guys are doing something amazing and like Mm -hmm. this is really really worth it and i had heard that many times from people but i think it was really hard for it to actually like sit with me and for me to actually accept what people were saying and when you guys said it it was like it really just brushed off me like okay they like it but maybe they're also being nice i'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure but then i kept hearing this and i keep hearing it from people that it's really really changing their lives and i think just seeing people really transform and seeing people's lives change and getting calls and emails from people that like my life has changed mm-hmm. after going to your retreat like for me that's it and i feel like Honestly, like when, when it wasn't working financially, getting those emails, it was like, this is worth it, even if financially it's not working right now. 
because it just felt so right in my heart that I was like, there is a light, you know, if we're helping mm. people in this way and we're doing something that not only helps them, but I feel so good when I do this work. It's such a gift for me to be able to hold space, be with people, learn from people. Also, it's, I couldn't imagine really doing anything else. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. And I also believe that, you know, when we come, when we find our, I call it calling, when we find our calling, then, then everything else becomes secondary because now we're really dialed in and are doing the thing that we're, we're meant to do, you know, yeah. like, okay, I'm going to leave it all in there, no matter <laughs> what happens. And when this happens, then really magic happens as a, as a, I call it a side benefit of that, you know, um, Neven effect in German, you know, and then things happen. Okay. Now the money keeps coming in. Now people refer me to their friends and family and who, and business partners. Now other people sign up without me even advertising for it, you know? So, and this is where, where really magic happens. But in order to do that, I also believe that you have to trust yourself. Yeah. During the times that things are hard and there is no light at the end of the tunnel, you know, yeah. because if you're if you're seeking, if you're doing the things that you're meant to do and you're always seeking outside approval, then yeah. what if it doesn't come? Are you going to stop? You know, absolutely. <laughs> so, it's, so, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, please. It's a, it's, a, it's a really, really good point. Because if I was seeking external validation, none of it would have worked. Because in the process of all of this happening, people thought I was crazy. Like, they're like, what are you doing? It like, it doesn't make sense. You're putting people in cold water. Like, do you really think that this can work, you know? And yeah, again, it's like the deep trust in yourself, the deep knowing that like this can really work. And also if it doesn't work, that I'm able to figure something else out and it will be fine. That's awesome. That's that's so powerful. So let's talk about cold water because you <laughs> brought it up to cold water. <laughs> you know, we both excited when we talk about cold water. Um, so one thing that I would love to know because you're doing it, it's your everyday life, right? For me, I have done it. I have done it also for, I would say, more than two years now. Now, obviously, with the weather in Florida, it's a bit more challenging. The weather is cooling down a little bit. The water is getting colder a little bit, but it's nothing comparable with Europe. So does it get easier for you the more you do it? Like the more you do it, does it get easier to get into the cold water and the ice bath and everything? Really good question. And I'm going to give you a really annoying answer, which is yes and no. <laughs> because, yeah, like I think, um, I think the body adapts and the body learns through the uncomfortable. So the more that I've exposed myself to the cold, the more that I, I trust myself and I trust the cold. Mm. And I okay, I'll be fine, even if it's difficult, even if I'm really cold, even if I don't really want to do it. But there's always still a little like moment before the cold where I'm like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to go into the cold? And that that voice has definitely gotten smaller because I know how good I'm going to feel after. Um, but 
like that's the before and after being in the water itself i definitely have seen a change because now being in cold immersion like in the river near my house i just enjoy it i go in mm. and my yeah like it can fully relax i can fully be in it it's it's a really pleasurable experience um, but of course, in saying that there are days, for example, if I'm on my period or if I haven't slept so well or, you know, if there's stuff going on, it can be difficult. But I still feel afterwards that was really good for me. So I think like it's it's similar to life. It's like you do something hard and then something good comes out of it. You just know, like coming out of this, it's going to be so good for me that it, it it balances it for me more now. I wonder... I, you know, was it also because you guys, I mean, not only you guys, but specifically we're talking about you in this case, you combine breath work and, and ice bath and the cold yeah. plunge and cold water. Um, is it something that also helped you back then when you were going through all the things and, you know, all the challenges and all the unknown that what you just exactly said, that trusting yourself, you know, hey, I'm going to survive. If I'm in the cold, no matter how cold it is, no matter how hard it looks, no matter how much, how loud this voice is in my head that it is telling me to get out of the cold. Is yeah. this also something that kept you just to push through the hardship and the challenges that you were going through in your personal life? 100%. Like I, I had that in me already. I was already like, you know, for my dad, I had this energy. But when I started the breath work, and when I started the cold, it was a game changer, like honestly, a game changer, because the breath work for me, it really helped me to regulate my stress. It also really helped me to let go of things that weren't serving me and just bringing me more. Yeah, it was regulating my nervous system. And it was helping me find that balance that I needed. And like you said, when I started practicing with the cold, I realized it's not just going into the water, but it's a training ground for life that like now every time a hard situation comes up, I know that I can deal with it because I've gone into the cold. I faced something really difficult. I'm training my body how to regulate in something difficult. And I see that's the biggest change for me after ice bathing is that now when these stressful situations come up, which before would have been really hard, like what we spoke about the chaos, you know, if I would have had ice bathing then, I think it would have actually been much easier. And I see now mm. when I when I found the, the cold, it really has changed my life because I'm actually like, okay, bring on the challenge. Like I can do it and I feel like there's so much more resilience in my body there's so much more strength also in my mind and trust that I, I really feel differently now in life that being self-employed with all these uncertainties and with all these stressors coming that I can manage it. I can really handle it. That's amazing because it's also, you know, when you're going to cold water, ice water and it's snowing outside and everything, it's also chaos right? 100%. It's, it's complete chaos. It's like, wow, you know, now I have to walk through the snow and get in the cold. And, and at the same time in the chaos, it's calming yourself down. That's what you guys teach with the, you know, with the deep breath into the belly and then out again. 
So during the chaos, now, now, you know, root yourself, now calm yourself down and go to the chaos. Is that right? 100%. The image that comes up in my mind is like in this last retreat that I just, I just came back from in Poland. We were like a really amazing group and we decided to go up Śnieżka. It's like a really, one of the most windy, intense mountains that you can go up in, in Poland. And we went up without clothes on. So the guys were wearing their shorts, the girls were wearing bikinis. And I was wearing my clothing because I was instructing. But at one point when we went up the mountain, it was so intense. The, the, the person who was guiding us, the mountain guide, actually said it was one of the most intense hikes he's ever taken anybody on because it was wet and raining. And then when we got to the top, the wind was going at a hundred kilometers an hour and it was like shooting, it was shooting snow at us. So it was like needles, you know, like it really felt like needles. I was wearing a jacket and I was like, oh my God, this is so intense. It was so chaotic. You know, you cannot see around you. The snow is hitting you. You're really cold. And it's that moment where you have a choice, you know, and I really felt it this time because inside myself, there was this question this like moment of insecurity like can we do this i'm actually not sure mm. and then there was another moment right after where i was like no we can't and also the strength of the group just knowing we all have each other's back and it's just step by step breath by breath you know and we got up the mountain and that was the feeling like if i can do this i can really do anything you know, it, it's no problem. You just have to breathe through it, trust yourself, and also trust that people have your back because it's also, we cannot do everything alone. We also need the group. I think if I was there alone, I would not go up that mountain, you know, but having other people there with a, a like-minded attitude and mentality that really want to do it, it really makes a difference. Mm, that's so powerful. And, and I also believe, you know, as an immigrant, when you go to a new country, new environment, it's also important to surround yourself with people that you feel like, okay, now I'm connected. Now I somehow have the, the social connection that I seek and I need, regardless of how much they, they are able to help you in one way or another. But just having that social connection, I do believe it's so important. Do you, what, what do you think about that? Totally. I mean, I think in the beginning when I first came to Germany, why I struggled with so much was because there was a lack of connection. Of course, I had the people back home that I called and I really called them all the time in the beginning. Um, but I think now what makes me feel grounded here is the community I have and also the people that I'm meeting that are just so incredible and having these connections and the ability to share also that, okay, sometimes things aren't working and just to be able to share that with people who get it, it's, it's yeah, community is everything, the right community. Mm. So tell us a little bit about what you, what you and Michael do, you know, what is it like? So because the retreat I came to was you and Michael and Jonathan, you know, you were the coaches and is, is that something you guys still do or... But I also see on social media that you now do your own um, ladies women retreat. And yes. So tell tell us more about that. Yeah, beautiful. When when you came, I was still stepping into it, and so it definitely felt like I needed more support. So there was three of us, and it's it's developed and evolved. So 
Now, Michael and I are doing retreats together, big retreats, international retreats, mostly here, actually in the Algae. We have a beautiful retreat center. There's tons of cold water. We're actually like in a, a nature reserve area. So it's really beautiful. Um, I also do like my own stuff. So I do uh, workshops in Munich, for example, like day workshops. And then the new thing that I took as my baby is I'm now doing these women retreats. And for me, it's yeah, it's so incredible to do this also just with women who are stepping into their power and, and seeing that is also something that I'm really, really enjoying. So yeah, there's also different collaborations. I also work with another instructor, Max Freila, and we do work together. So it's really evolving naturally that, that things are opening up and I'm doing things alone and with my husband and with other instructors. Um, and yeah. It's 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 a beautiful evolution. It absolutely is. I remember you guys when we were on the retreat. You guys were talking about doing maybe having your retreat center in Italy. I still yeah. remember that. So <laughs> is that something you guys are still working on, or has this evolved? No, it's a nice question. It's still something we're talking about, and it's, it's shifted to Portugal actually because we looked at places in Portugal now, um, and it's something that is in our long term vision to create not only a retreat center, but a community space where people can come live with us, be with us, and where we're also embedded in community. Because like I said before, I realized how important it is to be around people who support you and who are like-minded. So it's um, a slow progression into that. And it's definitely something that we're evolving into, but it mm. might take some time. <laughs> mm. Awesome. I, I, I actually have another question that came to mind. You know, I remember when I went to, I came to the retreat, you guys were always saying, people are asking, hey, how, lo how long should I spend in the, in the cold? Is yeah. it 10 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Wim Hof does world, world records. How long is it that I should spend? So would you, would you talk about that a little bit? How long does it take for you to get the benefits in terms of health and everything? And what you know what is what is a good amount of time to spend in the water to not get cold two weeks <laughs> after you come out of the water yeah it's a really 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 good question so for people who want to start who have no experience i would really recommend first starting with cold showers just so that the body learns what the cold is and it's not such a shock on the system. I know a lot of people who just go straight into the ice bath and they feel like, whoa, that was too much. So just having some gradual exposure in the beginning is really good. And then if you've done a few showers or just end your shower cold for a week or two weeks, the body already has the feeling for what it feels like to be in the cold. And when you do an ice bath, so it doesn't necessarily need to be in a pool with ice cubes. Right now it's getting cold everywhere, mostly. So it can be a river, like I personally really love going into nature and I go in a river near my house. Um, the ideal time we say is roughly two minutes. And the reason we say that is because when you go into the cold, the first thing that happens is there's this phase where you're like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> and we call that the adaption phase. So it takes about 30 to 60 seconds for the body to actually regulate itself. And in that first minute, it's just about breathing. It's about calming down, making sure the shoulders are relaxed and allowing yourself to be in an uncomfortable situation. And after that, you just need one, roughly one more minute of being in the cold 
and you're good to go. You get the benefits of anti-inflammatory markers come down. It helps boost your immune system. Yeah, there are just so many factors. It releases a bunch of dopamine, so you feel super great. It helps with neuroplasticity. I would say for people who want to go longer, and there are a lot of people who are also not only training the body, but they want to get more into like mind training, which is great. If you want to go in the ice bath for five minutes or 10 minutes, I do it sometimes. It's a different kind of practice. It's practicing with the mind, but I would really recommend that you start with two minutes and then see how that goes for a month or two months or three months. And then you can go to three minutes, four minutes, but the best test is to see how you feel after. So you should be able to warm up doing the horse stance. You know, this ooh, ah, where you're bending the legs, warming up. If you can warm up within, you know, 30 to 40 minutes afterwards, that's great. But if you feel super cold afterwards, you've gone in for too long. So it's a, it's, it's really amazing with the cold. It gives you a very quick response. You know, like, okay, I went for too long. That's awesome. And how, how long does it usually last, the benefits that you get from a cold plunge? You know, should I do it every 12 hours? Should I do it once a week? Should I, should I do it every other day? What does this look like? And also, what is the temperature that someone who is getting started, maybe has done it a few times, what's the ideal temperature? Ideal in terms of, no, I, I feel cozy in there. No, the ideal temperature that gives you the benefits, but it also makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, great, great question. So with the temperature, if you don't have a thermometer, and I don't really like to stick with numbers so much, I would say it should be uncomfortable. So cold enough that you want to get out. That's the best way of, of identifying it, you know? And I mean, depending on what you want, I really think the colder the better because it's just more of an impact on the body and you really feel afterwards. Like when I go into a really, really cold ice bath afterwards, it's like, wow, you feel like a new person. But again, it should be uncomfortable enough that you want to get out, yeah? Um, in terms of how often you should practice, I would say in the beginning, honestly, once a week is perfect. Doing an ice bath once a week, you get great benefits. Um, and other than that, I would say really try and take a cold shower every day. I think like I've heard it from a few people, a cold shower a day keeps the doctors away. And there's a lot of science about it, actually, that people who take cold showers a day, they, they have a higher immune system, so they're not getting sick as much. And I think now, especially as it gets colder, it's important that we get our immune systems to be super robust. So a cold shower a day and an ice bath once a week, I would say, again, feel yourself and you should feel really good. The practice should be serving you. So if you feel tired, it could be too much for you. And for some people, maybe it is too much. Um, but Generally, I think one ice bath a week is a perfect, a perfect way of, of getting the body in a really, really good state. I love that. And would you say people who come to your retreats or people who have done this for quite some time, years maybe, and now they come and walk to Mount Cheska in, in a bikini or shorts, or who are these people? Everybody, everybody, everybody is welcome. I mean, that's the beauty of the method. Of course, it's good if you have, like I said, practice cold showers for one week before, for example. And if you have more experience, that's great. But actually, usually the people who come are people who don't have any experience. And it's amazing because, you know, you come and in four or five days, you're hiking up a mountain with no clothes on. And it doesn't take so much, you know, it takes deep commitment. It takes a good mindset. 
priming the body with the breath work, doing some cold ice baths, and it's enough, you know, the, it, the body is incredible. And we can really, really go places with it in a short period of time. I think it's just, yeah, coming with an open mind. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And and I'm also thinking, you know, maybe people think like, okay, those are now um, business people or are athletes that come to your retreats. I think when when I was there, we had a we had a really great mix of people, different backgrounds, different you know cultures and everything. Totally, yeah. It's it's so cool, you know. It's it's different. Like when you go to a yoga retreat, it does bring a certain kind of person sometimes. I'm speaking generally, of course. Right. <laughs> But the Wim Hof method brings all kinds of people. You know, you have people who are coming because they're super stressed, because they're burnt out, because they're just interested in the cold, because they're athletes, because they want to be high performers. Like it brings so many different kinds of people. It brings, yeah, like you said, all different um, backgrounds, genders. I'm trying to get more women to come because I think still women are a little bit apprehensive with the cold. But I also see that more women are coming and Yeah, it's also the beauty that when you put anybody in the ice bath, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter, you know, if you're an athlete or not an athlete, it's always the same. It's the person and you see them fully, you see their soul. And I, I think that's what I love so much. It really brings us all on an equal playing field. Mm, that's amazing. You know, once I had a friend, I wanted to take him to the to, to the ice bath, and he was like, "No, I'm going to get a heart attack." I was like, "Why would you?" He said, "Because I'm not used to it, and it's so cold." So, please clarify: Can someone get a heart attack of you know going to the to the cold water? Really good question. So, if you have heart conditions, then you should definitely be careful practicing the cold. Um, and, and it's something that we also stress, you know, there are certain contraindications for practicing the cold and that is one of them, mm. but for most people, it's no problem. It's actually a hormetic stressor. So it is a small dose of stress, but it's like exercise. It's a really good stressor. And it's actually quite the opposite because it actually trains your heart. You know, when you go into the cold, There's a vasoconstriction and a vasodilation of all the veins and arteries. And so actually, it's basically like going to the gym for your heart. And so it's really good for your heart. And it's, it's a, yeah, I think as like what I said before, as long as you're not just like jumping in to the cold with no experience, that could definitely not be so good for the body. But if you've allowed the body to feel the cold beforehand, put the hands in the cold, put the feet in the cold, take in cold showers, the body can handle it. The body is really strong. That's that's good to know. And you know, your your passion comes through when you talk about this. And I could talk to you for hours about that and all the benefits. But I would also love to ask you one question. When you if you could go back in time, now you're in a happy place, obviously, doing the things that you love and making money and being married to an amazing husband. But it wasn't always like that. Now, if you could if you could Go back in time and tell yourself back then, Rachel, who was struggling, who was in the who was in the unknown, who was maybe not in a good place. What would you tell Rachel back then? 
Oh my God, I love that question. It's such a great question. <laughs> yeah, I think I would tell my my past self, you know, everything is going to be fine. Trust yourself more and also enjoy the ride, you know, like don't don't be so hard on yourself and have fun. Have fun on the way. Mm, that's awesome. That's really powerful. And um, so what I, you know, as I said, I could I could keep going and talking to you for for much longer. But I'm gonna I respect your time and I really appreciate you coming up. I, I know you have a busy life, and we're also in different time zones. So um, we're we're gonna link up in the show notes all your social handles and where people can find you. But maybe also tell us where people can find you, find more about your retreats, find more about what you do, and yeah, maybe maybe come to your retreats. Oh, thank you so much, Ali. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I'm very easy to find. It's just my name, Rachel Babaganov. So I have a website, rachelbabaganov.com. It's the same with Instagram, rachel.babaganov. So you can find all my retreats, all my workshops. You can connect with me there. And, yeah, I would love to see y'all come and get in the cold and feel your power. And, yeah, just have a really good time together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being my guest here. And thank you so much for sharing your story and empowering and, you know, inspiring other people to do what, what their calling is and immigrant entrepreneurs who are here to change their lives and their future. Thank you. It was an honor having you on my podcast. Thank you so much, Ali. And I just want to also say I really appreciate that you create a space to talk about this because I think it's something that's so overlooked, you know, the immigrant experience so thank you for creating a space for that i really appreciate it and i also love seeing you stepping into this it's amazing thank you thank you for the kind words it's a pleasure being here thank you